An Ottawa area Girl Guides chapter is sitting out the Santa Claus Parade this year to avoid breaching its diversity, equity, and inclusion policy. The government's foreign interference study calls for more online misinformation control. A True North exclusive reveals that a public library's refusal to cancel a controversial Palestinian comedian's booking was due to its desire to avoid offending the city's Muslim community. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, October 25th, and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. An Ottawa area Girl Guides chapter is sitting out the Santa Claus parade this year to avoid breaching its commitment to secularism. Organizers of the Canada Santa Claus Parade invited several community groups to participate in the event, but the Girl Guides said they were unable to participate in any activities to do with, quote, faith-based beliefs, behaviors, and traditions as part of its diversity, equity, and inclusion policy. The organization's handbook, Guiding is for Everyone, reads, Girl Guides of Canada is a secular organization, which means that guiding is not affiliated with nor privileges any religion or faith-based beliefs, behaviors, and traditions. The Girl Guides of Canada's fear is that participating in the Santa Claus Parade would be Quote, promoting religious practices, which could lead to unintentionally turning away future members who don't share those beliefs. Christmas parades fall under the umbrella of events that have their roots in religion and therefore should be avoided by the group. Several local leaders of the group have confirmed that they will not be participating in the parade due to the policy. Canada South Councillor Alan Hubley was disappointed by the Girl Guide's response. As he points out, the scouts are still allowed to participate. Hubley said, quote, In my case, I have to tell my two granddaughters that they can't be in the parade, but their brother can because he's in the scouts. Hubley said he hopes some girl guides will still attend the parade anyway. This kind of uh, grinds my gears a little bit because, first of all, uh, as far as religious and faith-based ceremonies, a Santa Claus parade is pretty stripped down and secular already. You see people from all sorts of religions participate and, and come to these events. There's different cultural groups that are involved in parades. Of course, it is about Christmas and Santa Claus, or Saint Nick, as he's traditionally known. But in our modern society, right, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, that depends on your point of view. But a, a Santa Claus parade is more about, you know, the spirit of giving and all of that rather than, you know, Christianity explicitly. So I think this is just silly. And the other question I would have is how much do the girl guides uh, prioritize indigenous beliefs and faiths? and ways of knowing, as they call them. You know, I, I assume that Girl Guides do have some element of indigenous spirituality. It is about, you know, being outside, doing good for the community. 
And we all know that land acknowledgements are in vogue. So my question would be whether the Girl Guides abide by these priorities when it comes to those things. So I'll pass it on to you, Lindsay. Yeah, it seems like every year leftists will make fun of the fact that like, oh, there's no war on Christmas. What are you guys talking about? But annually we have stories like this that show that Christmas does seem to be targeted and secularization is about removing Christ in particular from the public sphere. And it seems to me that the Girl Guides have this backwards. So why can't they celebrate and participate in the Santa Claus Parade, which is not even called a Christmas parade, it's the Santa Claus Parade. So why can't they participate in this parade, but make it very, you know, abundantly clear to their members that if you are uncomfortable walking in a Santa Claus Parade, you are under no pressure to do so. I would think that we would want to maximize the participation of girls in society rather than shut them out based on premises like this. Absolutely. And I would put this question to the leadership involved here. What specific uh, religious practices are being promoted by a Santa Claus parade? Because it's not very clear. And how would these supposed practices actually turn people away as future members who don't share those beliefs? When you take a quick scroll in the Girl Guide's Instagram, you see the pride flag, not only the pride flag, but the pride progress flag so with the trans colors with the black and the brown so you have that and then of course the orange shirt day as you were talking about Cosman with you know indigenous ways of knowing as you as you quoted um so of course we have that but christmas is just too much can't have that in response to growing concerns about foreign interference in canada the House of Commons Ethics Committee is calling on the government to adopt measures to combat misinformation online. On Tuesday, the Standing Committee on Access to Information, Privacy and Ethics released a report focusing on foreign interference tactics employed by the People's Republic of China and Russia. The committee claimed social media platforms were, quote, accountable for publishing false or misleading information. Additionally, legislators called on the government to, quote, develop policies to support the media ecosystem. The report also delved into allegations of communist China's interference in past Canadian elections, as well as a donation to the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation by a Chinese businessman. Other recommendations include imposing targeted sanctions against Canadian companies that are doing business with countries that engage in foreign interference operations. Among the key recommendations made by the committee are calls to establish a foreign influence registry, to enhance transparency regarding foreign actors operating within Canada as soon as possible, and implementing criminal penalties in the criminal code to address foreign interference, including harassment and intimidation by foreign states. Cosman, are you surprised that the Trudeau government would recommend additional regulation of so-called misinformation online? It seems like this is how they address all of Canada's woes. So just to be clear, this is the uh, committee the Standing Committee in the House of Commons on uh, Privacy and Ethics. And they're actually composed of every single uh, party, you know, the Conservatives, the Bloc Québécois and NDP. And they, you know, deliberate and, and seek testimony and they produce these reports to Parliament for the government to consider. And I would also like to stress that these are recommendations. There is no power by this committee to have the government abide by these recommendations. The government could just say, no, we don't want to do any of this. 
or, or, you know, pretend like, yeah, yeah, thank you for the recommendations. We'll take them into consideration and then do something completely different. I think the uh, major points here are that the government or, or members of the committee are using this to push further online legislation. It's obvious that they want to hold social media platforms accountable for some of these things, and they're just using this as an avenue. The other important thing of the contained in this report is the call for a foreign agent registry, which the conservatives have been really hammering on for some time now. And uh, I just listened to Mona Fortier, the liberal MP, but also one of the vice chairs of this committee, present this report and recommendations today. And she indicated that the government, that is the liberal government, is considering a foreign agent registry seriously and seems to be willing to do this, uh, but there's no set timeline. Uh, although the recommendation in the report says to do this immediately, uh, I don't think it's a huge priority for the government right now. Uh, it seems like the online misinformation and online regulation stuff is a bigger priority, and I think we'll expect a, a bill coming out uh, dealing with that before the end of this term in two years. So it's interesting when you go through each uh, recommendation, you can kind of see each party's hand in it. So I suspect that the liberals, you know, really push to have the inclusion of the misinformation stuff and the conservatives push to have the inclusion of the foreign agent registry. One of the recommendations is to impose targeted sanctions against Canadian companies doing businesses with countries that engage in foreign interference operations. And that is quite a big claim to sanction companies doing business with countries like China. I, I suspect a majority of major Canadian companies are doing some sort of business with China. So I'd be interested to see what that looks like and how they plan on going after Canadian companies uh, doing business with uh, China or Russia, which I suspect there are many, whether it's through importing, exporting, or just business ties. A public library's refusal to cancel a controversial Palestinian comedian's booking was influenced by a desire to avoid offending the city's Muslim community, documents reveal. Jewish groups raised concerns with the London Public Library in London, Ontario over its decision to rent theater space for a May 20 performance by comedian Amr Zar. The library rejected calls from groups including B'nai B'rith, and friends of Simon Weisenthal and allowed the event to proceed in the library's Wolf Performance Hall, while the library claimed it reevaluated the booking when it first learned of concerns about Amr Zar. Documents obtained by True North under Freedom of Information laws show the library in fact sought messaging guidance from Zar's manager to counter the cancellation calls. Czar's past comments include a call to, quote, stop condemning anti-Semitism because doing so is playing their game. Czar, who did not respond to requests for comment from True North, also lauded designated terrorist groups in a 2017 speech in Dearborn, Michigan. He also tweeted support for Leela Khalid, who hijacked an American plane in 1969, calling her his, quote, Palestinian Valentine. Weeks earlier, the London Public Library had denied a rental request for the same venue 
from the Society of Academic Freedom and Scholarship for a talk by British author and academic Joanna Williams, set to take place the day before Czar's performance. The library said Williams' talk on sex, gender, and the limits of free speech on campus would pose a risk of property damage or injury and violate its policies on workplace and sexual harassment. The internal documents show library officials were concerned about how they defend the double standard of allowing Czar but not Williams. You can read the full exclusive by Andrew Lawton at www.tnc.news. So I think that was a, a fantastic way to end that article uh, by Andrew Lawton where the library obviously acknowledges its double standard of cancelling one talk but upholding another. To me, it seems based on what they justified their cancellation of Williams, that they were afraid of activist groups coming and wrecking the place. Clearly, they didn't have the same concern about this comedian coming because, as we've seen lately with the protests surrounding the attack on Israel, violence and escalation seems to come from one side of the equation rather than the other. And Czar, obviously, is firmly on one side of the equation. Ultimately, I'm glad that they didn't cancel Amr Czar's performance. It's good that they didn't. But yeah, it, the question really is why can't they stand up when it comes to Joanna Williams' talk? So a talk on transgenderism and, and gender and free speech on campus. Why is that something that they think can be canceled? And I think we will see public libraries emerge more and more as the places where debates about free speech will happen because university campuses are kind of already lost. We, we know those as places where if you try to bring a controversial speaker, then fire alarms will be pulled, extremely exorbitantly high security costs will be imposed on event organizers because, you know, Antifa will threaten to show up. So um, also public libraries are more accessible. You know, if you're not affiliated with a college or university campus, then as a community member, a public library is somewhere where you can organize a community event and hear from someone um, that you want to hear from and that others would be interested in. So yeah, more and more, I think we will see public libraries be a, a focus of the free speech debates. That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, The Andrew Lawton Show will be live today at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.